And good morning. Welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on Anchor FM and Spotify and some of the other platforms we broadcast on. And I'm Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA. And it is a great joy for me to welcome you to the program today. And um, uh, many of you know we're in the book of Daniel. And in fact, today, in just a few moments, we're going to be getting into Daniel chapter 3 and verse 1. But like I say, I do want to welcome you to the program and invite you to invite your friends and your relatives and your neighbors and your co-workers to listen to the program with you. Because chances are, if you enjoy a Bible study broadcast such as this, then you know others that would also enjoy it. And you are the best promotion that we have. Amen. (laughs) So there you have it. Now, I don't know what the weather is where you live, but here in Greenville, South Carolina, where I do the broadcast every day, I tell you, it is uh, basically sunny and cold this morning. (laughs) We got down mostly in the 20-degree range this morning, and that's cold, especially here in Greenville, South Carolina. And it's going to be pretty much cold all weekend long. (laughs) And, uh, of course, it's January. It's supposed to be cold this time of year. Uh, But I hope the weather is nice wherever you are, and it's always good weather to get by your phone and listen to uh, some really good Bible study. And, you know, one of the things I always emphasize when it comes to Bible study is how we apply it to use in our everyday lives. Because reading it in the Bible really doesn't do us any good unless we put it to use in our everyday lives. So keep that in mind. Uh, Many of you have asked, uh, what references do I use uh, on this uh, program? And the New Ungress Bible Handbook is a uh, reference that I have that I use a lot. I also use the Schofield uh, Bible Notes, the Schofield Bible Notes. Um, And I use that a lot on the program. So that hopefully answers your question there. And uh, really, I enjoy listening to all kinds of different preachers in the course of a typical day. Uh, I might listen to a number of uh, good Christian preachers on the radio and television, Internet, etc. To me, uh, every day is an opportunity to learn more about the Word of God. It really is. Well, let's get out our Bibles and turn in our Bibles to... um, Daniel chapter 3, and like I say, we're going to start here with verse number 1. It says, Now Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together the princesses and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then the princes, governors, captains, and judges, and treasurers, and counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, people, nations, and languages, that what 
time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, sultry, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when the people all heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people and all the nations and all the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Uh, of course, we're going to find that not everybody did that, because in verse 8 we see, Wherefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, namely Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and then brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said, spoke and said unto them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, ye, that uh, you do not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready, at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made, and that will be well. But if you worship not, shall be cast that same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is it that God shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we were not careful how we answered thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand. But if not, this is good now, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury and form of his visage, changed his uh, against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, therefore, spake and commanded that they should be thrown, or, or rather that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, and their hats, and other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire slew those or killed those 
men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he said, And lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like of the Son of God. And that's in verse 25. Now, I want us to think a little bit about what we've just read here. We have King Nebuchadnezzar. He's obviously a king full of pride. And he sets up this huge golden statue. And he wants the people to bow down and worship it. Now, think about this. Uh, It would be a pretty brazen, boastful, pride-filled man to do that, wouldn't it? And, of course, naturally we're thinking, oh, nobody would do that today. Well, of course they would. Now, (laughs) they probably wouldn't uh, build a statue of some person. They would probably build a big church or a big Christian school. That's what preachers are doing on television nowadays. And they're building these things, in many cases, as a monument to themselves. And I don't think that's good. (laughs) I I saw this one pastor, and I think they have seven campuses. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is where I don't mind sharing my honest opinion with you. I'm not in favor of multi-campus churches. I believe that every congregation should be completely autonomous. So I don't think there's any need for multi-campus churches. I don't feel like that fits the biblical example. And many of the ministers that do this kind of stuff are building a monument to themselves. They're not worshiping God. They're building a monument to themselves. In many cases. Now, I'm not trying to give the impression that every pastor of every big church is like that. Oh, no, not at all. But I'm just saying in many cases. And what you have to do is ask the Lord to give you the Holy Spirit gift of discernment so you could tell the pastors that are sincere and genuine from those who are not. But many pastors today are trying to build big, huge ministries, and they're doing it in part as a monument to themselves so that when they're dead and gone, people say, my, look what a big ministry he built. Well, um, I can tell you, (laughs) uh, I have a ministry that's nowhere near as big as what some of these TV preachers have. And, And I can understand the desire to build a ministry that will continue reaching others for Christ when you're no longer on the scene. I I very sincerely hope that Sunshine USA will be on the air, on the internet, after I'm dead and gone. But I have, on the other hand, no desire to build any kind of a monument to myself. For one thing, I refuse to name the ministry after myself. That's why we call it Sunshine USA. My name does not appear 
on the name of this program. Because, you see, I'm not the one who is important. The God I serve, he is important. Amen. But we find here that Nebuchadnezzar is a very brazen man, a man filled with pride. And so he builds this statue. Now, I imagine that he had a lot of staff people urging him to do this because they knew that the king would love them for wanting him to do something like that. And so he builds the statue, and then the decree is issued that everybody has to fall down and worship. Now, back in those days, the king was pretty much dictatorial by our standards today. When the king came out with the decree, he didn't have to try to get it through Congress, and, you know, the people didn't have to vote on it. If the king wanted it done, it got done. And if he wanted it done real bad, he issued a decree. Now, the decree ordered that certain things be done, but once the decree was issued, and we'll see more about this a little bit later on in the book of Daniel, but once that decree is issued, the king cannot rescind it. And he cannot exempt anybody from the consequences of disobeying that decree. So in this case, King Nebuchadnezzar, he issues this decree that everybody is to worship this statue when they hear the music. But these three Jewish lads, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, guess what? They don't do that. They decide we ain't going to do it. They took the attitude, they said, King, if you throw us into the fiery furnace, so be it. But they said, King, we want you to know something else that's very important here. What we want you to know is that even if you throw us into the fiery furnace, guess what? Our God is going to deliver us. But even if he does not deliver us, we're still not worshiping you. We're still not worshiping the statue. We're still not worshiping the gods that you serve. Now, like I said, they said, King, we're not careful how we answer you here. Now, you have to understand, you have to understand <laughs> That these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were pretty brave to say what they said. I mean, after all, <laughs> the king could have said, well, forget about the fiery furnace. I'll just kill you right now instantly. But no, he says you're going to not only be thrown into this fiery furnace, but I'm going to make it seven times hotter than normal. Seven times. And so he orders some of the strongest men in his army to take Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he wants them bound with all kinds of heavy clothes on. Now, the reason this was done was to make them burn longer and even hotter. And they're bound and then they're cast into this fiery furnace. But because the fiery furnace 
was like like I say seven times hotter than usual the flames of the fiery furnace leaped up in the air and they burned the men as they were throwing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace. Now apparently they died. They actually died. But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But notice something else here. Notice that God did not deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace. He delivered them in the fiery furnace. You see, a lot of times God will choose in his infinite wisdom not to deliver you from a bad situation. He may allow you to go through that bad situation. Now, you know, I know that this past year, 2021, has not been an easy year for you. Uh, I got an email from one young lady that told me that it's been a hard year because during 2021, she lost her father. We've had several talk to us about how they have lost their job in the last two years. And then we've had several that have said they're having financial troubles and they're on the verge of bankruptcy. They're on the verge of losing everything they have. There's some that have emailed me and talking about how they're going through a divorce. Well, you see, God in his infinite wisdom may allow you to go through some of these things. But when he does, he will be with you just as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, it's per perfectly clear here to me that Jesus was in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, you know, that's a very interesting point because obviously this is the Old Testament. And, you know, we just finished um, the Christmas season. And um, during the Christmas season, we celebrate, of course, the birthday of Jesus Christ. But really, the birthday of Jesus Christ was not the beginning of Christ's existence. The Bible lets us know that Christ was present in the beginning, even before the beginning of time. Christ was involved in the creation of the heaven and the earth. So Christ has always been just as God the Father has always been. And he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in that fiery furnace. And so it is. God will be with you in the pain and agony that you're going through now. And, and here's something else to think about. The pain and the agony that you're going through now is something that God can bless later. In other words, it might be the beginning of a whole new ministry for you. Let's say, for example, you're going through a bad divorce. It might be that God could use you to minister to others that have gone through a divorce. If you're going through bankruptcy, God can use you to provide wise counsel to others so that they don't end up in bankruptcy court the way you did. And then, you see... God can take that bad thing and he can turn it into a good thing. Look at Johnny Erickson Tata. <laughs> Johnny Erickson Tata, as you know, has quite a ministry.
She's been on radio for a number of years. She has spoken in churches all across America. And she has a fantastic ministry that no doubt has led many people to Jesus over the years. But back when Johnny Erickson was a teenager, you know what? She had a bad accident, a swimming accident. As a result, she was left basically paralyzed from the neck down. Now, you would have thought that's a horrible thing, especially for a teenager. That's a horrible thing to go through. How does anybody go through something like that? But you see, God had plans for Johnny Erickson Tata. Now, you know what? He could have healed her. I mean, God has healing ability. He can heal anybody he wants to. He's healed me a number of times. And I praise the Lord for that. But if he had healed Johnny Erickson Tata, guess what? She probably would not have the ministry that she does today. And she has reached more people for Christ with that injury than she ever would have reached for Christ probably had she not had that ministry. I know another young man in college. Uh, He was in college about the time I was in college. And he had a terrible, bad accident. And he was in bed for something like a year. But he said, you know what? He said, during that year, God was so real to me. God was right beside me in all that suffering. And he said, I never would have made it without the Lord. And then his life took on a whole new meaning after the accident. Because of the way he was able to spend so much time with the Lord during the recovery process. So you see, God has a reason for the terrible bad stuff that you and I are going through. And whenever I find myself going through some hard times, and believe me, I do. (laughs) Let me tell you, I go through some rough times too. But when I do, I just take note of the fact God has a divine reason for allowing this to happen. I may not understand it now, but one day I'll see the good that has come out of the suffering that I've had to go through. Uh, Many of you know that I'm almost 68 years old, and for health reasons, I don't get to travel too much anymore. And you would think, well, Warren, that's the end of your ministry. But no, no, not really, because through the Internet, I've been able to go places that I never would have been able to go through before. I mean, right now I'm preaching in Africa, I'm preaching in South America, I'm preaching in Europe, I'm preaching in Central America. I'm going to places I never even dreamed I could go because of the Internet. I'm not physically able to go to all these countries. I have a friend of mine, he and I were roommates in college, and he's getting ready to go on another mission trip to Central America. And I hope that he is uh, really successful in that um, particular trip. You know, he loves the Lord and he loves uh, telling people about Jesus. And I thank God for that. And I, I thank God for his dedication. But I, And by the way, he's about the same age I am, but he's probably a lot healthier than I am. And he's able to do a lot of traveling 
that I'm not able to do. But I, I, I thank God for that, that he's able to do that. But I also thank God for the internet ministry that God has given me that has allowed me to preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And that's what my life is all about. Now, you know, I wish I could tell you ever since I got saved back in 1969, I've never committed a sin. But I couldn't tell you that because if I did, I'd be lying. The truth would not be in me. But even though I'm not perfect, and even though I have many shortcomings, God is still able to use me in getting out the gospel of Jesus Christ, my Savior and my Lord. And I thank God for that. One of my New Year's resolutions is to uh, preach to more people this year than ever before. And I tell you, it's going to be a challenge. But I'm going to try to do it for the glory of God. And I hope maybe this year the Lord will at least heal me enough so I can get out to at least some churches and preach the gospel in person. Uh, the last um, month or so, I've been able to go, I think, to church two or three times out of the last month, which is really a big improvement for me. And to me, it gives me hope that I can be used of the Lord to minister in churches once again. But in the meantime, I'm going to busy myself doing the work that God has called on me to do. Amen. Now, one of the things we're going to see about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is that when they uh, came through all this, they came through all this in flying colors. There was no smell of smoke on them. Their clothes were not burned or scorched. They were not hurt. And obviously they survived. And the king rewarded them by giving them a promotion, by giving them more perks and privileges than they ever had before. And all because they chose to remain faithful to God. Now let me tell you this. When you choose to obey God rather than man, God will always reward you. God will always reward you for choosing to be faithful to him as opposed to worshiping some man. Now, don't get me wrong. I think as Christians, we ought to obey the law and our political leaders as far as we can. But now, when they order us to do something that we believe is contrary to the word of God, then guess what? We have to obey the word of God. We don't have a choice in the matter. We have to obey God. And when we do, God will reward us, even in this life. And then think about the life to come. Every day that I live, I'm one day closer to that grand and glorious day 
when I get to move into my heavenly mansion. Folks, I tell you, I can't wait for that to happen. I don't know what's going to come first, my death or the rapture. But either way, whichever one comes first, guess what? I get reunited with my loved ones. I get to see Jesus. I get to see the heroes of the Bible. Folks, I can't wait for that day. And who knows, this could be the year that Christ comes back. Well, do you know Christ is your Savior? If not, I want you to know there's not a better time than today to make that decision. You can make that decision to follow Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's very easy. You just have to admit you're a sinner. Say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe you're the Son of God, and I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. And Lord, help me to live for you. You see, it's that simple. Look at the thief on the cross. He only said a few words. He said, Lord, remember me. Lord, remember me. Let's see, that's three words. He didn't have time to join the church. He didn't have time to t keep the Ten Commandments. He didn't ha have time to sign up for a series of Bible classes. No. He just said, Lord, remember me. And the Lord saved him. The Lord took him to heaven. And if you die, he's up there now. Amen. Praise the Lord. And by the way, if you pray today and ask Jesus Christ to come in your heart, my hope and my prayer is that you'll let me know about it. The best way to do that is by email. I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com and the other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. Both are lowercase. And I would love to hear from you. I'll also be happy to answer any Bible questions that you have. And I'll be glad to pray with you over any prayer requests that you have. All you have to do is simply write to me by email and I'll get it done. And if you give me permission, I'll be glad to share your prayer request with my unseen, unnumbered radio audience. And, once again, my two mailing address, email addresses are warrenlandis at yahoo.com and warrenlandis at gmail.com. And that's all the information you need to contact me right there. I've enjoyed doing the program today, but don't fret none, because next time we'll do it all over again. This is Warren Landis saying goodbye. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on Sunshine USA.